The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the March 20th edition of the Roto-World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Getting ready to go over some season-long playoffs uh, fantasy action. With me to break it down is Ryan Canals. What's up, man? Uh, not much, Mike. First of all, congrats on your advancing to the finals of 30 days last night. That was very impressive. You won it last year, so this is uh, you should be commended. Yes, thank you. I'm very, very happy with the squad. Dario, Jersey coming. Uh, love Dario's been the man. And I'm really proud of Zubats, man. Uh, stash him. I wanted to drop him so many times earlier in the year. Held him, and obviously he hasn't been great, but... Pretty excited about Zubats. He's been he's been killer for me. Obviously, it helps to have James Harden is is like a, a league winner. Harden's gonna be on so many teams, man. Like that one that one this year. Yeah, Harden's kind of the great equalizer. Zubats <laughs> has has two good games and two bad games in a week. It hardly matters. I mean, yeah, yeah. Auto's been yeah. I'm so I'm so pumped, man. I, I wanna I was stressed a little bit. It was close, but I uh, got a big win against a team I really wanted to beat. So, uh, yeah, in it, and uh, hopefully we can talk about me winning this thing again. But, uh, yeah, let's, let's – <laughs> but, dude, you're, you're – we got to add Ryan. Ryan, I, th- I think you've been in the playoffs every year, man. Like, I missed it once. I had a lot of injuries, but you, you made, have you made it every – I've been in for, I think, five years now? I missed it. I've been in the league, I don't know, like eight years, seven years, something like that. I missed it. I missed the playoffs once. I've been in the finals twice. And I got to the quarters this year, but I got knocked out by none other than our podcast host. <laughs> yeah, that's your your team's always in it, man. You uh, you definitely know how to put a team together. And like this, the deep leagues, you need a strategy hard. You just can't draft yeah. the best players. And I mean, we talk about that a lot in uh, the earlier part of the year. But let's talk about the late part of the year. There's a lot to talk about. And I was thinking before we get into it, I just want to talk about the rookies and how impactful they've been. Like, the amount of rookies, and like I mentioned, Dario. Dario's going to be massive. Dario's going to be on a lot of winning teams. Like, if you picked him up with that little drop-off in January, and, like, he just got... He's, February, he was ridiculous. Like, he looked like MB, basically. He was so impactful. But it's not just him. I mean, Ulysses is crazy. We'll talk about him. Chris, Broggins, Scalabissier, Zubats, we mentioned. The Hernan Gomez boys. Ingram's been hot lately. Obviously, Embiid earlier. Uh, some other guys we're going to talk about as well. So uh, it looked like last year was kind of peak, but with the way teams are resting guys and really want to get a look at their young talent, man, um, we really have to reevaluate the rookie situation going into drafts next year. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's it's worth mentioning that it, when we look back at the season, if you look at end-of-year rankings, there's probably only going to be a handful of rookies that really crack the top 150. But that's why strategy is so important, because if you pick these guys up, you know, a month ago, suddenly they're they're all paying off, and Marquise Chris is is winning blocks single handedly for you. Um, you know, Zubats is doing well. All the all the guys you mentioned, 
Uh, even a guy like Torian Prince could start stepping up yeah. with some injuries. There's just there's so much potential, and it's all about timing, I, I think. And and it's all about targeting those teams that are tanking. I mean, you look at most of the rookies that we just talked about are on terrible teams. So there's there's a lot that goes into it, but for sure the, the potential is, is incredible. And this year, I think, is a bit of an outlier. But, um, yeah, it still definitely warrants, uh, you know, looking deeper into the rookie class next year. Yeah, I mean... We kind of thought that last year, and I we had this conversation earlier, and we were like, yeah, this rookie class isn't that great, but, I mean, Marquise Chris, the light's gone off, uh, we'll talk about the Suns a little bit, let's just get into this thing, we're going to tie a lot of rookies into this talk anyways, um, so let's start with the Suns. Devin Booker, Friday, had a really bad game, really the first game when Eric Blitzel was for sure ruled out for the season, and he kind of flopped, um, and he said after the game, quote, we'll see about missing time, so he's going to get a lot of treatment going to have the best medical staff in the business look at him, all that blah, blah, blah. And he didn't play Sunday with soreness, didn't even warm up. Really concerning. I mean, on the Booker side of this, he's pretty droppable right now. Um, I mean, it depends. If you're going to use that roster spot, you guys know the drill. Like, if you're in a daily league where you're using that spot, it hurts, man. It's not like Devers been that great. I mean, he's going to be pretty good, I think. But yeah. he's droppable. Um, and then on the flip side, Tyler Ewell the man is just going to be like a league winner. Uh, he's going to be probably the most impactful guy. Uh, he's going to be a double-double guy. He's going to shoot the ball well. Good free-throw shooter now. A lot of threes. I think he's going to have like two steals a game. He's really good at keeping his turnovers down. Just a nine-cat stud. And Marquise Chris as well. I mean, this guy has really, really played well. Um, they play extremely well together. I think a 15% true shooting increase with Chris with U.S. So those two guys, man, if you picked them up, uh, they're going to be freaking killer. Um, so there's a lot of other stuff, but do you want to add anything on the Suns as far as guys that every fantasy owner could use if you're in a shallow league? Um, no, I mean, Ulyss is pretty obvious at this point. So same with Chris. TJ Warren's thriving. He's, you know, he was on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues two months ago. Um, you know, we see why you would have picked him up. And uh, Alan Williams, obviously. I think Alex Lynn is a decent low-end guy, but... Uh, no one I'm really clamoring for. Um, as far as Devin Booker, who you touched on, I agree. I think he's he's droppable. He's been, you know, past two weeks, he's playing 37 minutes per game with a 29% usage rate. So there's really nowhere to go up from there. Uh, and during that span, he's averaging half a steal, doesn't have a single block, shooting under 42%. So there's too many caveats, too many holes in this game. And with this ankle injury, um, I don't think you hold on to him, especially with the playoffs. Uh, you know, yeah, on the on the horizon. Yeah, I mean, there's a, like we said, there's so many pickups right now that we're going to talk about as we go through. Uh, you mentioned Alex Lynn. I want to talk about him quick. He had a pretty good week, man. Uh, I was pretty impressed with how he played. Uh, I thought he did a lot better job under the glass. He didn't get pushed around as much. Yeah, I mean, he has four games this week. Uh, his minutes are up, I guess. I mean, he played 21 in the last game. Did have foul trouble in the last game. So they want to play him 24-25 minutes. It looked like they were going to put the kibosh on him. Uh, we saw Oral Watson talk about the, quote, new group with Chris at the five. So it looked like they were going to go that route. But they're going to give Len a chance. I mean, they have to. He's a restricted free agent. It's going to be between him and Alan Williams. So I like Len. Uh, I don't think I'm going to start him confidently. But, I mean, I think he can be, with 24 minutes a game, he could be a top you know 125 guy. And if you're in a 12-team league, you could use that. Um, with some blocks, he's a decent free throw shooter. He went 0 4 on Sunday. A lot of free throw woes in that game, obviously against Drummond. But yeah, I think Len's a guy who's trending up. I mean, you're starting Alan Williams, you're starting TJ Warren four games. 
Um, they're not going to rest. Obviously, Booker out of the mix. Uh, Warren came out with a bad game, but he looks pretty good, too. Uh, and also, Jarrell Eddy, who I added in the 30, man. Uh, he looked good. He had 10 points in the first half, finished with 13. Uh, got to the line. He actually played some point guard, about the ball up a lot. Uh, you're not going to use him, obviously, and this is obviously contingent on Devin Booker playing. But And also, uh, or Watson pimped him a little bit after the game. He talked about the, the eight-man rotation, being shorthanded, and how Eddie was ready. He said he knew him from earlier in his career. So, uh, interesting stuff there. Anything you want to add? or should we? And Derek Jones Jr. had a 1-9. The guy can't shoot yet. We could dunk, but yeah. that's pretty much it. Anything you want to add? We'll move on. No, I think we covered the Suns. Yep. Okay, cool. So, let's move on. A couple of bad injuries for the Hawks. Uh, it looked like Millsap was going to just get one game off. The broadcast was saying, okay, he's re- They even used the word rest, which I, I was surprised. Usually, broadcast teams don't do that. And I, I like the Hawks, Hawks broadcast, by the way. Um, so, yeah. What are we doing here? And then also Kent Bazemore, knee contact with like five minutes left, didn't return. He's going to be out seven to ten days. So I look at this, and I think two guys come to mind. Tim Hardaway Jr., who's been awesome. Um, we could call him a breakout this year. He's been fantastic since January. Uh, and then another guy who I've been impressed with, especially with the defensive stats, uh, kind of like a Joe Wallace light. Uh, and that's Tareem Prince. We mentioned him a moment ago. He plays a lot of four. He plays some three. He plays some clutch defensive spots. He's been closing late and late. Um, yeah, I, I like Prince, man. Uh, I don't think you're going to use him confidently, but on lighter nights, I think he's going to be a guy that we're going to use. Like today uh, against Charlotte, I could see him being a guy that uh, has a good stat line. Yeah, Prince. One thing in particular about him that stands out, um, first of all, you mentioned his defensive chops. He's, he's getting it done you know, at multiple positions. Uh, clearly gaining the trust of Buttonholzer, and he's playing only 19 minutes per game over the past two weeks, but he's averaging one three-pointer, 1.3 blocks, and 0.9 steals. So we love those guys who can go 1-1-1, and you're seeing him do it in 19 minutes per game. So, uh, yeah, with with Bazemore looking at a long-term injury, you know, he's going to be reevaluated in 7 to 10 days, so probably out longer than that. Uh, Millsap out at least two games. I think Prince is uh, actually a pretty strong pickup right now. So, yeah, I mean, with Millsap, too, I mean, you're going to bench him. Um, but what do you do after that? I mean, that's tough. I mean, it's tough. If you need that roster spot, it's so tough. Um, I mean, I think he it, – it doesn't sound serious. They're only calling it soreness. So, I th- think you still hold him. Um, I mean, he does have uh, a Friday-Sunday. So, you think that those, get, those games off get him right. So I, I really would hate to drop Millsap. Yeah, I mean, you, do anything you can to keep him, basically. Um, but it, it just totally dependent upon your situation. If you're in a playoff matchup and you have to win this week and just can't afford the DMPs, you know, the, these are the sacrifices you have to make in head-to-head playoffs. And part of the reason why I really like Roto because you don't have to cut your stars just because of a minor knee injury at the end of the season. It gets a little bit silly. Um, but yeah, you have to make some tough choices in playoffs, and um, like I said, it's just dependent on, on where you're at. Yeah, one thing I just realized that I, I've always kind of like held on my waiver priority, even like if your league's super competitive and you know you're dropping guys and you have a lot of moves per week, I usually try to hold on to my waiver priority so hard for situations like this one. Because mm-hmm. if I can like drop Melsap and then I can pick him back up when he clears waivers in three days, that's huge. So keep that in mind. Uh, it's something I've, I've always 
valued a lot is like waiver priority, not just for picking up players, but matchups late in the season. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm with you on Prince, man. I think he's going to be an impact guy this week. I think he's going to be like top 100 kind of a guy, and can be really sneaky. Um, rookies, man, uh, underlying theme here. So we'll move on to the Kings. Speaking of rookies, uh, let's just start off the top. If you have anybody on the Kings that is has is has been in the league longer than Willie Colley Stein, drop them right now. <laughs> um, they are going youth hard. Uh, massive weekend from Georges Papagiannis, or Papagiannis, like the way Giannis Antetokounmpo has said, also a Greek guy. Uh, Double-double, had a block, a lot of low-post stuff, a lot of half-court sets going through him. Really impressed. I thought this guy was horrible. But he came back. He, I mean, he looks more agile, looks be- in better shape. He's, he was, like, lead-footed. Like, it was, like... That's the kind of music you would hear when he was coming down the court, but he's got a little bit to his game, and I was pretty impressed. I picked him up in the 30-man, and I think he's a guy that's going to have an impact this week. Only three games, so you're not really going to start him, but spot slots here and there. Scal looks great. They're feeding him the ball. More minutes are coming his way. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, I'd call it a down weekend, but he's still going to get plenty of minutes. Um, Malachi Richardson's also coming back on Wednesday, so something to think about there. Um, anybody that you want to add, and do you agree with my drop, like, every older king take? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, even Ben McLemore, there's no, obviously, season long, no reason to touch him. A flawless toast. Uh, Terry Gevins, forget about it. Uh, Costa Kufis, I don't know why he's still getting minutes. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So as soon as they shut him down, there's more minutes for Scal, there's more minutes for Papianis and... Um, I'm with you. I think uh, Papianos looked looked really good, um, especially last night. I watched like this game against the Spurs, and he was crashing the offensive glass, really making his presence felt in the paint. So I was impressed there. Um, Big boy, a lot of he, touch. He has a nice little touch on that little hook shot, man. He missed a bunch yeah. of them, but he looks good. I was, I mean, just a lot of yeah. growth. He was probably the worst player in summer league or bottom five at least. And like just right. to put my money where my mouth is. I dropped Costa Kupas in the 30-man for Jarrell Eddy. So that, that tells you how much I feel about the older Kings right now. And I expect Kupas to get rested soon. Um, it feels yeah. like the Kings front office finally has their say. Because uh, Jaeger wants the extension and all that. And he wants to play his guys. He wants to win. But uh, obviously the Kings where they are, uh, it's important for them to lose games. Uh, with the number six hole, half game behind Philly, who's won two in a row now. Um, anything yeah. else? Sorry if I cut uh, you off there. Only final note on Malachi is uh, I think he was initially the Kings broadcast said that he might play Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But then just last night, James Ham of CSN uh, reported that he's going to miss another week or two. So I think I think the Kings broadcasters got ahead of themselves. So I wouldn't be adding Richardson. Yeah, yeah. No, you're not going to. I have him. If you have an IR spot, you're in a deep league. He's on my 30 deep IR spot. Um, yeah, you're, if you're picking up Richardson and it hurts you at all then don't pick yeah. him up. But, like, if you have an IR spot open, I mean, obviously, there's pro- there's not too many guys on IR right now um, that are going to return this season, right? So, yeah, if, if it hurts you, don't pick him up. Okay, we're going to move on. Uh, Nuggets, we had some news just before we came on that Wilson Chandler and Danilo Gallinari have been ruled out for Monday. Bad news. Um, I hate when veterans get ruled out before warm-ups, so I think they're going to miss a couple games. They said uh, Malone said last week that they were hopeful he'd be back. Wouldn't put a timeline on it. They ruled him out before warm-ups. Uh, it was, you know, the usual optimism you hear, but that usually doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be back. So, a uh, big takeaway that I've been, been impressed with, I think even though they didn't win against the Rockets, 
I thought that their defense on the three-point line was a big takeaway. And that showed a lot of confidence in the Jokic-Pumley lineup. Pumley played big because Jokic was in foul trouble. But I thought they defended the three-point line. That was a really big, important thing for Malone going into that game was defending the three-point line. Uh, like I've said, Malone is at his peak frustration when his team's giving up open threes. So they defended it. I think Pumley's in for a good week. Uh, for Reed and Chandler, I'm a little bit worried. I think Chandler's a drop. Um, I like Jamal Murray. Played a lot of two over the past week. He's a little bit of a winner. Will Barton had a huge 35-pointer. Totally stunk it up against Houston in a great spot in a high-paced game. Um, who else? Wancho Hernan Gomez, man. This guy's shooting 46% from three. This kid can play. Uh, so Wancho's sneaky, man. Uh, I don't hate Wancho this week for four games. And if you're in a competitively looking for someone to bolster across the cap, across the board value. What do you think? Yeah, I think with Gallo and Chandler, I mean, those are two injuries. You got a, a, knee, a bone bruise and a knee and a groin injury, respectively. Mm-hmm. So those are two injuries that frequently linger and teams are always careful with. And we're talking about two veterans. I, I just think the Nuggets are going to play it really safe here. So I, I, I'd be expecting more, more DMPs. Um, and that being the case, I'm with you. I think uh, Wancho is a decent low-end guy. I would actually roll the dice on Fareed with four games. Um, really? Plumley, Plumley, I'm going to yeah, jump in on you. I disagree with you there. I think if Fareed gets gets low 20 minutes, I think he can could, he could make an impact in that. I don't know if he does, though. Because I, I think that they're going to roll that Plumley lineup for, like, I want to say 12 minutes. And then if Chandler comes back, where does he fit in? I mean, well, if they, Chandler comes back, that's the best. Right, I know, I guess, but... Uh, I'm going on the assumption that he won't. Right, but I'm saying that we don't know, we don't know right now. So even with four games and like that Chandler thing hanging over his head, like I think if Chandler comes back and there are three games, you're in trouble. So I don't know if that's a risk. Like I'd rather start Wancho. I'd rather start Tareem Prince. I, there's a lot of other guys that probably on the waiver wire I'd start over Fareed. Yeah, I'd go. I go with someone like Prince for sure. Okay. He's just uh, I'm, I'm throwing Fareed in there as yeah, the yeah. one guy you might consider in a competitive league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for like if Chandler's out for sure, I agree. Because, like you said, he can put value up in 20 minutes, but I don't know where he's going to fit in after that, like when Chandler comes back, man. Uh, it is tricky. Like, with, with, with Plumley playing so many minutes alongside Jokic, yeah, then it's it's not going to fly. Yeah. But if, if but I think there's a pretty good. I mean, Chandler's had this groin injury is bad for Chandler. It was a contusion. Looked like he got hit, you know, in, in the, the not funding zone, but it's a muscle issue, man. So he's he may be out. So, um, yeah, roll him out there if he's out. Like, Dale, like, to. To your point, I mean, if you're if you're not like setting your lineup weekly, yeah, roll Fareed out there until Chandler's back. So I think you're right there. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, there's a lot. And then also, Jameer uh, Nelson's also a small winner because they're playing Murray more too. Um, they want to play Murray a lot, so taking Murray as a two to give Nelson more minutes is big. Another guy. It was crazy this time last week. We were like, "Oh, Barton's done. Uh, Jameer's <laughs> done." But now, well, that's what happens when you take out two of your top scorers. Uh, a lot of value can be injected back into guys. So, uh, obviously, you're starting Jokic. Um, yeah, and Gary Harris has been killer, by the way. So, yeah. you're rolling Gary Harris out there. Been an early-round guy um, in the past, like, two months or so. Okay, so, anything you want to add there? Uh, no, I, I think at the, at the top, you mentioned Plumlee as a guy yeah. who's looking real real pretty right now. So, I, I think uh, I just double down on that. I, I, I'll add... Uh, I'm pumping, my, pumping myself up here, but I, I missed on that Plumley nerd thing, man. Uh, I mean, both those guys 
or Ballin. I thought both of them would. I mean, obviously Nurk was going to gain value. I had to pick him up, but I didn't think Nurk was going to be anywhere near as good as he is. Uh, and yeah, Plumlee's been freaking awesome, man. Uh, he yeah. said he also said that the, um, the Nuggets are the best team he's ever been on passing wise, which is true. Uh, which makes sense when you have Nikola Jokic on your squad. Uh, okay, so we'll move on. Uh, we got the Lakers. Um, good game last night. Um, Freaking D'Angelo. I had a few people ask me on Twitter if they should drop D'Angelo, and I told them don't do it. Uh, we found out why real fast. Uh, career high 40. Um, he said he doesn't care if he is a point guard or a shooting guard. He's a basketball player. I mean, how confident are you in D'Angelo right now? Um, only three games. So are you still rolling him out there in three games after the big game? Yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> we saw just last night was a perfect example of his upside and the reason why he's suffered through <laughs> you know the ups and downs all year. He's been a frustrating guy to own. There's no, there's no other way to put it. But, um, you know, we kept touting him for his late season potential. And hopefully uh, he just unlocked the door last night. Because the benching was frustrating. He looked, you know, less comfortable coming off the bench, seemed frustrated. But he played with freedom last night, and he played great. And um, uh, Luke Walton said that he's going to continue to start him. He said he's going to continue to play him alongside Jordan Clarkson, see how he looks off the ball, which I think is going to really help him. So I think you just have to play him. Yep, for sure. Um, And you mentioned that Walton found out, or Walton told the media that he was going to keep starting D'Angelo. And then the media told D'Angelo after that, and he said and he didn't know, and he said it was, quote, dope. Uh, so you could tell he <laughs> wants to start, man. Starting means something to him. Um, the benching was just not for him. Uh, you could tell. I mean, there were some pictures at practice where people were talking to him, and you could just tell. You don't have to be like a poker expert to know that his body language was terrible. Um, yeah. He was just like not having it. Um, so yeah, rolling him out there. He's not good at uh, passive-aggressive quotes either. <laughs> He made a couple of the most uh, transparently passive-aggressive quotes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about some other guys. Uh, Brandon Ingram, I want to talk about him really fast. He had a pretty good week. His minutes are really high. He's scoring. He's doing a little bit in defense lately. Uh, his last five, he's got 15 points, 3.4 boards, 2.2 assists, 1.4 steals, 52% from the field, 75% from the line. These are good things right now. So, what are we doing here? I mean, he's a pickup. Uh, how does he stack up with these other guys you mentioned? Princes, Wanchos, uh, any of those guys, these rookies that we keep talking about. Uh, how confident are you in, in Ingram going into this Well, week? I'll start by saying that all season, I've recommended people avoid him. Uh, yeah, same. <laughs> I, yeah, I typically think from a roto mindset in the first place, so I'll say that. But his inefficiency has just been glaring. Uh, total lack of supporting stats. So he's just been a, a hollow man all season. But, you, yeah, he's getting it done. He's shooting uh, 50% this month with over a steal per game. Uh, decent value thanks to the efficiency. Still not the most robust supporting stats, but he's getting a ton of minutes. Um, one, one caveat is that he's shooting under 50% in February and March from the free throw line. So that's a sort of curious little caveat. But, uh, yeah, I think he's an okay late-round guy. I, I'd definitely roll with him over Wancho. Um, I think I might actually go with Torian Prince over, over Ingram, though, just because I, I like what Prince does on a permanent basis, and I think he's going to get an expanded role with the injuries in Atlanta. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I pretty much agree with what you said, so we'll just move on um, to a lot of Lakers to talk about. 
Uh, Jordan Clarkson, another guy we didn't like because he wasn't doing anything peripheral stat-wise. But, um, yeah, he looks great. Played 41 minutes. He's scoring the ball really well. 21.4 in his last five games. Uh, not shooting the ball great. He has 2.03s. That's huge. Uh, he's going to the line a little bit more than he was before. 4.4 assists lately. So he's in a great spot right now. Um, where, where are you on him? Yeah, he was a guy we always looked to for end-of-season value. Another guy frustrating to own. Um, but he's being unleashed right now. And Walton's quotes lead me to believe that he's going to have the ball in his hand a lot in the Lakers' final, uh, whatever it is, 12 game. So I love him. I think he's going to be flirting with top 75 value. Um, yeah, just an easy guy to plug into your lineup. Yep. I mean, big, big minutes every night. 41, 38, 39 his last three games. So, yeah, he, he's going to be rolling. Um, again, he's a pretty good free throw shooter, too, at uh, 81% of his career. Been trending up lately as well. So, yeah, he doesn't really hurt you anymore. Not too bad on turnovers. Uh, he's not that great in steals. That's one thing we've kind of always wanted out of him. Um, but, yeah, with the assist there, there's a lot of value to like. Uh, so, Zubats. Uh, he's not playing too many minutes, but he's doing enough for you. I mean, he's he's not quite blocking shots from that, that big four-block half that we saw. Um, what was it? Um, that Sunday night, that Sunday game against Philly, he had like four blocks in like five minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's only had two blocks in his last uh, four games. Luke Walton did say he didn't want him to go for as many blocks. Um, so that works two ways. One, fewer blocks. Um, but two, fewer fouls. So he hasn't really been in foul trouble. That's kept his minutes pretty solid. I think they kept away from the Cavs because of the way the Cavs play. Um, so I'm not worried there. He played 29 minutes on Friday night. So I think that's going to be more of his game, 29, 30 minutes. So you're looking at, I'm thinking, like we were saying, uh, 12 and 8 with 1.3, 1.5 blocks. Um, and he's been bad from the free throw line. But this guy can shoot. So, you know, call it 70% from the line and probably like 60% from the field. So that, that's definitely usable stuff right there. Yeah, yeah, you pretty much touched on all of his strengths and weaknesses. Um, and I'll just say that in terms of him, yeah, he's been inconsistent. But I think when you average out his good games, his bad games, uh, he's still a solid center. Yeah, and just other guys that are kind of in the mix. Uh, David Nwaba, I thought he had a good game yesterday. Uh, had a, he's had some really nice blocks. He's been pretty good on ball on defense. But obviously, you're not going to really roll a guy out there who doesn't really shoot the ball. But I just wanted to kind of mention him. I have, I have him in the 30, man. I'm not using him. but uh, yeah, he's, he's fun to watch. I'll say <laughs> that. Uh, he kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't didn't expect him to start playing 20 minutes a game. But here, here he is. Um, yeah. yeah, just a fun guy to watch. Maybe in a super deep league, like 30 deep. Give him a look. But yeah. otherwise. Yeah, for sure. Know. Just wanted to add him in there. Who else did we not talk about? Oh, uh, Julius Julius Rand. Yeah. And, He's, he's rolling right now. I mean, he had that huge, uh, I think, 32-point game three games ago. Uh, the scoring dropped off since then. He's not shooting the ball well. But his ability to contribute across the board, um, you know, better defensive stats than we saw last year. Not that much, but uh, anything helps. And he's, yeah, the Lakers are just going to feed him minutes down the stretch. So he's, you're happy if you still have him on your roster. Yeah, Larry Nance kind of been as advertised, um, just killing in steals up until last night, uh, shooting the ball okay. Um, Saul had a seven seven from the line on Friday, and he had a pretty kid great game on Friday, thirteen points, four steals, uh, and good shooting. So not quite what I'm looking to be. Like I'd rather start four games out of, out of Prince, who basically is the same kind of a player. Defensive stats uh, won't really hurt you anywhere. Uh, okay, so we're going to move on to the Nets. Uh, had an early game. They played the Mavs pretty tight. 
Um, we saw Spencer Dinwiddie had a horrible first quarter, three fouls, and I think five minutes, something like that. And then he got hot, finished with 18 and seven. Obviously, the key point here is Jeremy Lin, right ankle. Looked like he was going to come back, man. Uh, he played through it for a possession, looked fine, was, went to the bike, didn't go to the locker room right away. Then went to the locker room. Uh, everyone was wondering where he was, myself included. And then, bam, that's PR. He's out for the game with a right ankle injury. Uh, at least it wasn't a hamstring, but man, Lynn obviously a drop. But what are we doing here as far as pickups? Uh, and then also just to round out the news on this side, uh, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson played 30 minutes. Trevor Booker, so the last three games, quote rest, quote leg soreness, and then a DNP CD. So eh, shut down there. So next pickup, and then Brooke Lopez has been really good, uh, playing a lot of minutes. What, mm-hmm. what are your what are we doing? I mean, Brooke's so tough, man. So tough to figure out what he's gonna be with rest. So anything that you take away from what the Nets had the past week and then going forward? Uh the Nets. They're <laughs> of all the tanking teams which is, have dominated this podcast so far, yeah. uh, I just I hate the Nets the most from a fantasy perspective. I don't trust any of their players except Brooke. Um, you know, Atkinson just spreads minutes far and wide. He runs with a hot hand in the backcourt whenever he can. Uh, you know, most starters end up playing minutes in the mid-20s, and guys off the bench are playing in the mid-20s. It's just, it's impossible to figure out night to night. And none of their guys are so good on a permanent basis. A guy like Larry Nance or, you know, uh, Torian Prince, some of the other guys we've discussed, they just don't have that sort of upside. So... Uh, there's, I just I don't like anyone that I look at on the roster except Brooke, who continues to defy expectations. The Nets don't seem inclined to shut him down. They they view him as the anchor of their team. Uh, you know, he's the rock, and it looks like they're just going to keep rolling with him. Yeah, he he wants to play, man. I mean, you see him talk when they were in that losing streak. He was mad. I mean, this guy is, you know, the Lopez boys, they are pretty fun to be around and joking. He actually had an interview. He did the interviewing with Quincy Acey. Uh, and the pregame was hilarious. Um, but yeah, he wants to play, man. I think that's a big factor. And like you said, and I'm sure you agree with this, when we can't figure out what's going on, like, I run. <laughs> like, I just go, I figure something else out that I can't figure out. So, mm-hmm. like, the Bulls rotation, the Nets, like, it's so tough. Like, give me something where I, I want to know what I'm going to get. And yes, I love the mystery box probably more than anyone that covers fantasy. But I. And this is tough. And the way that they manage their guys, and like we love Lavert. This is before we found out how bad they were going to be. I didn't think they were going to be that bad with Lavert. I thought they were going to get let Lavert go, like the way we've seen Dario go off, like the way we're seeing Zubats go off. Like I thought Lavert was going to be in that group, like Scow. Like all these guys have been talking about all hot. Yeah, all these all these rookies, but they haven't done it for Lavert. And this team is the worst of the bunch. So they have the worst record in the NBA. So it made sense. So, I mean, I think with Lynn going down, I like Levert. I'm not going to start him confidently this week. Um, but I think we're going to see. He shot the ball really well. Shot selection's up. I think this ball, his ball handling responsibility has gone down since that big breakout when we were all having Levert fever. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Levert is of this group, of this stint-witty whitehead who has been, played well in the last month. I think that's the guy I want um, if I wanted to go after this. Uh, Randy Foy's played well lately also. Uh, and then Ronda, again, fouling has been the issue. Uh, and he is vastly uh, undersized against everyone he goes against. I mean, this guy is not a power forward at all. But they're playing there. I mean, they put him against Dirk a lot. They put him against all these big guys. 
um, like Zebo, like what do you, uh, Rondé can't guard Zebo. So, um, but yeah, I think I think Rondé is a guy that I like, but it's tough to trust. It's just it's just so hard. Uh, quickly on the Bulls, man. Um, Bobby Portis was left for dead, then goes off for a career high. Um, Miritich was hot and he flopped. Uh, Rondo was hot and he flopped. Um, like mm-hmm. I, I'm just like Jimmy Butler and like I said, um, I don't care. Like I'd rather roll with like George's Papa Giannis over like Miritich or Portis or like any of these guys that I don't know what I'm going to get every night. Do you want to add anything there? Yeah, too much inconsistency. And I saw in a lot of leagues. Uh... Denzel and Michael yeah. Carter Williams were both flying off the waiver wire once Wade went down for the season, right? But I, I, I'm just not totally sold on either of them. I mean, if your waiver wire has been completely picked clean and you just need someone who might produce, go ahead. I mean, Valentin had a double-double in his last game. Carter Williams had three blocks and a decent line. Uh, the minutes are probably going to be there, but it, yeah, it's just that inconsistency, the uh, of the rotation and the play. It's like a, you know, co- compounding the issue. So you're right. Um, and with Portis and Miritich kind of trading off big games, uh, it's just hard to rely on these guys. Yeah, I think Valentine's the guy I want of this group. Uh, I, I just, I can't stand Miritich, man. Like, he is, every time, and I'm done, I, I, I saw that, and I had Steve on over the weekend. And he was like, oh, Miritich is back. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I'm done. Like, I'm done pimping Miritich forever. Uh, this guy's just too inconsistent. Uh, I had this issue with Ersan Ilyasova like three, four years ago. Uh, I used to call him the Turkish roller coaster. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. And Valentine, he's, he's had 11 points in four straight. So you can probably imagine he's going to score 11 tomorrow uh, against the Raptors. But he looks okay. Um, his three, he's been really good from three, forty uh, percent from three in his last five. Three, three, three or two, three threes and I'm sorry, yeah, three threes and four of his last five. So he's getting value there. You mentioned the double double, first NBA double double. His assists are all right. Um, the Bulls are slipping in the standings a little bit, so, but they still. I mean, they're going to go to the bitter end. And like you said, there's minutes there. So if I wanted to go with a guy, I'd go with him. All right, so back on track. Um, Dion Waiters. Actually, can I can yeah. I take yeah. you off track for just one yeah. second? Uh, so you, you mentioned Ilya Sova, and we neglected to discuss him when we talked about the Hawks. We're right. So I'll just yeah. I'll be on the spot real quick and ask, uh, would you rather play Miritich, Portis, or Ilya Sova? Just Easy. assuming they had the same game. So Easy, Ilya Sova. Yeah, Ilya Sova's a must right. start this week. I mean, he, I think yeah, he's, he's in a great spot. Top, I think he's going to be like top 60 this week. I wasn't even... We probably should have talked about him. Yeah, if Ilya Sova's in your wire. And he's also been sneaky. Like, he's been, like, been good. holding value with the Hawks, even though he's not starting. They roll that... Millsap at the five lineup a lot, uh, with Ilyasova at the four and Hardaway, and either ba- most likely Bazemore or Thabo, depending on the spot. And then obviously Schroeder has been a mess, but yeah, Th- uh, Ursan, get him going. Um, yeah, he's getting easy looks and he's shooting sixty five percent from deep in March. So uh, yeah, just roll him out there, especially with Millsap hurting. Sure, uh, good call on that one. Okay, so Dion Waiters, bad ankle injury, needed to be carried off the court. Uh, this is the ankle he broke in high school. Uh, he said he's hoping to return this season. So, yeah. Uh, we were talking... You and I are big anti Dion guys uh, for obvious reasons, efficiency being the main one. So, I'm dropping Dion pretty much everywhere where it doesn't hurt me. Like, if if having Dion on my roster and it hurts, done. I pick up Tareem Prince, pick up all these guys we mentioned. Um, so, takeaways. 
Josh Richardson, minutes were there, started, didn't play well. They lost that game at home, snapped a home winning game streak. I think it's seven straight, something like that. Um, Spo would not commit to starting Richardson in the next game. Um, Wayne Ellington shot the ball a lot. Um, I liked, I'm a Richardson guy through and through, and I, I'm excited for him. I picked him up wherever I could, uh, and I'm starting him wherever I can. Uh, I have pretty high hopes for Josh Richardson, which may or may not be, it may just be like, all right, um, come on, buddy, like, make, make me feel good about Drake picking you as a breakout guy. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm big on Richardson this week. Not, not like Illy Silva big, but I like him more than Prince, who we've talked about a lot. I like him more than... All these other guys, like I don't like them as much as Uless and those guys, but I, I think Josh is going to have a good week. I think I'm a little more lukewarm on him just because, uh, tw- you know, once bitten, twice shy sort of thing. <laughs> um, and also, it's possible that Tyler Johnson's going to end up starting instead of Jay Rich. It's possible that Ellington will start. Uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, Richardson's a fine pickup, don't get me wrong. I, I think he's going to be a solid value. Um, waiters, not even a question, just cut him. He's he's out for a long time, and you don't need that that pain. Um, yeah, Ellington just the epitome of a specialist. I wrote his blurb last night. He he took he went three of ten from the field with all of his attempts coming beyond the arc. Um, added five boards and absolutely nothing else. So if you need three pointers, fine. Uh, otherwise, just ignore him. Yeah, I think he may be better than Bohan Bogdanovich this week, though, man. Like they're basically the same player. Yeah, yeah, very similar style of play. Yeah, I think that Ellington has a, a, will have a higher usage rate, too, so I think he's going to get decent shots. But yeah, uh, and I think he'll actually do more peripheral stuff than Bohan will. So yeah, that's, that's valuable. I mean, a lot of people are starting Bohan this week. Um, yeah. I, we, you and I do not like those empty stat guys. Okay, so last thing we're going to hit. Uh, interesting comments from the Magic yesterday. We saw Nikola Vucevic, who played Thursday, Friday, had a right ankle sprain. Uh, stepped on Steph Curry's foot, and he was questionable to play Friday. He did. Played okay. Um, and then yesterday, didn't practice because of that right Achilles thing. That thing that kept him out earlier this month. Oh, I'm scared. I'm not playing him, man. Uh, Magic, firmly in the lottery rankings at number four. They're, they were are a game and a half up on the Sixers who were hot. Yeah, no. Nah. Uh, I don't think he's droppable, but... He kind of is, I guess, if you're in a really competitive league and you need that roster spot. But I'm not starting Vooch this week. No, and it's all situational in terms of whether you bench him or drop him or whatever. But in terms of starting him, you just can't do it. He missed, the last time his Achilles flared up, he missed four games. Um, that wasn't all that long ago. Uh, he also tweaked his left ankle right before this right Achilles in, uh, issue. So, no, the, the warning signs are all there. With their spot in the rotation, it's not like they're fighting for a... Or in the rankings, it's not like they're fighting for a playoff spot. Um, I think it's impossible to start them. And, unfortunately, there's no big winner because you and I have said ad nauseum that is nothing but a boards and blocks specialist. We don't like his upside. Um, Zimmerman, I don't trust, and that's about it. Yeah, actually, you know who kind of helps? Alfred Payton. Uh, I think when Alfred Payton was hot at his peak... And that was because Vooch was out. So I think he's a winner of Vooch as well. Aaron Gordon maybe a little bit. Uh, and then Aaron Gordon, real quick, he had some uh, interesting comments on Friday, uh, which was their last game. They didn't play over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, he liked the pace. And he he kind of gave like a, a real-life subtweet uh, to Vogel. He's like, oh, yeah, we need to run up and down more. This is on the Suns broadcast, by the way. 
So I thought I, I thought that was an interesting take. Um, so I think he could be better. And everyone wants to play faster except for Vogel, um, yeah. who was the decision maker. It's like uh, some other things where the decision makers are not making the best decisions. But I digress. Uh, so let's get to your questions. Uh, and hey, uh, Dylan Van Steiner, right off the top. Uh, would you start Vucevic or Ryan Anderson or Armenia? We didn't talk about the Blazers too much with Evan Turner coming back. And then uh, just to quickly hit on this, you know who's been really good lately? Noah Vonley. Like, I, I've been pretty impressed with Noah Vonley lately. He's been horrible since he got drafted, but he's been making an impact consistently. And those are his two things that have been not been there. So yeah. with, with Stotts, it's like this whole Bulls and Nets thing. The more, the more things he has in his cabinet to use or whatever, the more you want to avoid it. So now that Vonley's playing well, what do you do with Aminu? What do you do with Turner, Crab, Harkless? I just run. <laughs> I just go from someone. I pick up somebody else. So I'm avoiding this situation. Um, what, what are you thinking on Bulls forwards? And if you want to answer that, Vooch, Ryan Anderson, or Aminu, all those guys, I'd, I'd start to read Prince over those guys. Yeah, I'd avoid that crew. I guess of the three, I'd go with Ryan Anderson. Um, I wrote, uh, funny enough, last night uh, in an Aminu blurb, I wrote, and I quote, Noah Vonley is playing very well. Evan Turner is healthy and the Blazers simply have too many interchangeable parts to expect yeah. Aminu to emerge as a reliable asset down the stretch. And that basically sums it up. Like, I don't have anything else to add. Um, it's, it's, you know, half a dozen bakers in the kitchen and... <laughs> There's just nothing, nothing's coming out of it, fantasy-wise. Um, Harkless, I think, you can't start uh, reliably. Vonlin's been really good. He's been terrific defensively, um, you know, switching and uh, defending smaller guys effectively. Shooting the ball lights out. He's shooting like 70% over the past three games. Uh, for the first time in his career, he has double-digit points in three straight games. But I don't... I'm not trusting that kind of fluky, hyper-efficient play, um, especially with the playoffs here. Right, just to be clear, I'm not saying start Von Ley. I'm just saying yeah, don't yeah. start anyone. <laughs> like right. Drop all, all all this new crop, like Papa Giannis, Prince, all these other guys that we keep talking about, like drop them right now. Uh, I'm not. And then Turner coming back just makes us such a mess. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, with um, I, I don't, I don't want to start Ryan Anderson. He only has three games. I don't want to start Aminu. I don't want to start Vooch. But I guess if I had to pick one, I guess I would go with Aminu. Uh, unless you need those threes. But I'm not I'm not sold on Ryan Anderson, man. Uh, he has not been, been, not been good. Uh, the Ariza at the four lineup has been big. They played the Williams at the, a lot. Um, yeah, Ryan Anderson's not good, man. Like I, I think Wayne Ellington may outproduce Ryan Anderson this week. Uh, Does, so, uh, oh, Aminu has an extra game, so yeah. I'll take it back. I'd go with Aminu. Okay. If they had even games, I might go with Anderson, but yeah. yeah They're both terrible. Yeah, we're doing that. Find somebody else. Um, okay, so Dave's asking interesting question here. Uh, LeBron with three and a back-to-back, or Melo with four? We're talking super shallow. Um, Knicks, are on, uh, Knicks are on the road. So who do you think is going to outproduce? I mean, obviously the the Cavs resting people against the Clippers uh, was a big story over the weekend. Again, national TV, poor ABC um, with, with their ways their guys are getting rested. So I guess Melo. Uh, this is probably Melo's last hurrah, I think. Um, but yeah, I think LeBron will probably rest one. Yeah, that's very. First of all, I don't know. Is Dave playing in a four-person league? Right? Like, why is he? Why is he deciding between LeBron and Melo for four yeah. games? But anyway, um, that's super tough. I don't know. LeBron's been so much better than Melo on a per-game basis that I'm 
I'm almost inclined to roll the dice. Melo also has a back-to-back, so if LeBron just has one fewer game, I think it'll pay off to, to play him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but I, I agree with what you said. Uh, although I think I think Melo will be. Uh, he's definitely the safer of the two. Um, and yeah, I think he's going to play. He's he says he needs all the games he can get. So I think Mel will play more games. Yeah. So Mel will score more. Mel will probably get more rebounds. Mel will probably have more threes. I think LeBron will still out dime him. Um, he'll probably be similar Maybe, on defensive stats. I have a theory. Maybe it's a roto league with a position limit. Yeah. And he's he's up against the game split. So I, I apologize, Dave. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that makes sense. Okay, so Ben Stein's asking a good question. Um, uh, looking for steals as a priority. Uh, four games at a Tower Eulis and four games at a TJ McConnell. This one's not even close for me. Uh, what about for you? Uh, yeah, Eulis, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, McConnell's been really good. Don't get me wrong. I would start him in the vast majority of leagues. And he's averaged 1.7 steals in his past uh, the past two weeks. Uh, so it's not like he, he wouldn't help your team. But Eulis has just been incredible. He's averaging somewhere around two steals over the past three games, playing unlimited minutes with pretty much zero competition. So I think you go with Eulis here. Yep, uh, I agree. Uh, all the Eulis, I think he's going to be a top 50 player this week with four games, a lot of pace. I uh, actually had a good good comments from him the other day uh, after his game. talked about how he needs to score more. He needs to just dominate the offense and run like every play. Um, yeah, Tyler Ulis, man, is going to be a massive winner for people who picked him up. Uh, Frank's asking a good question, sticking with the Nuggets. We hit, we hit on most of it, but Jameer or Jamal Murray? Uh, we talked about both being a winner. Very different kind of style. Jameer had a good weekend. Jamal, I would say, was disappointing with his added opportunity. I think I would go with Murray, but it really depends, man. I mean, Jameer's going to be more efficient. Jameer's going to be more dimes. But I think Jamal's going to have more steals. I think he's going to have more threes. Uh, he has a higher upside. But Jameer is definitely safer by a lot. Yeah, I, I guess I'd break this into two sections because he didn't specify, does he want this week or, or rest of season? Yeah. So for this week, I'd probably go with Jameer Nelson. Um, rest of season, I think I'd go with Jamal, who should just get increasing minutes, uh, increasing responsibilities down the stretch. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty close. And this is... Like this, like we talked about this last week. It all depends on who you're playing, man. Like, figure out what you need, what you don't need, um, and then just to quickly, I'll get your take on this. We talked about this last week. Like when I'm making an, if I'm in a matchup that knows gonna be close, I shoot for six categories. Because um, if I, like for instance, my thirty deep league, I thought I had, I thought I had steals in, in great shape, but I went up against Cody Zeller, who was just crazy in steals. So you go for six, give yourself a little cushion. Um, and then, yeah, if you, if you win the six, great. If you lose one, you still got five tickets you want to win. This is nine cat. So same thing uh, I would say with even eight cat. I would still try to shoot for six. Uh, but then, and then again, if you're heavily a dog, then you shoot for five because it's all you can shoot for. So uh, anything you want to add there? No, I basically start the year uh, trying to build a balanced team so that because you know, if, if injuries hit, suddenly you, you lose the guy who's been hitting all your three-pointers, and that category is no longer viable for you. Um, so you need that flexibility, I think, and then as you get closer and closer to the playoffs, you start to focus in on your team's strengths, um, really build towards those. Uh, so, But I'm with you. I don't think playing for five categories, if you can avoid it, is a, is a wise decision. It's just a razor-thin margin, yeah. uh, and all it takes is a couple bad games from a stud, and suddenly you're, you're washed. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. Yeah, it, it all depends on like if you're obvious if your team's a beast and you smash everyone seven two every week, then yeah, stick with what works, uh, and then don't overthink it totally. Like if you're if you're gonna bench a player who's clearly better, like make sure that you're giving yourself a big margin of error if you're gonna be bold uh, and then go through it. But yeah, usually just start your best players nine times out of ten. Uh, okay, so Emily's asking. Um, uh, similar question. Alex Len or Jameer Nelson? Uh, I think, I like I said, I like Len this week, man. Um, I, I like what I saw him over the weekend. I think his, if he keeps his fouls now, I think he's going to have a good week for you. Um, this could come back to bite me, but uh, I think if, I mean, if you're at the point where you're starting Alex Len, you're pretty desperate. So, I mean, you're not benching a guy <laughs> you've been counting on for Alex Len, but I think if Len's sitting on the wire and you need that extra push and need like four or five blocks this week and you need, you know, he'll probably get you 30 boards this week too. So good percentage from the field. Hopefully he makes his free throws. I, I'm going to go Len there. Um, kind of bold, but I, I think he's I think he's in for a good week. Yeah, no, I'm going with you. Um, I said earlier, I think I said I'm not clamoring to have Len on my team, which right. is true, but I'm, I'm also not clamoring to have Jameer Nelson. So, um, yeah, I like Len. I think he's going to be, you know, solid low-end, flirt with top 100 value probably. Uh, they both have four games, but and totally different players, so I don't know what the, you know, what this owner is looking for, but um, in a vacuum, I'd, I'd go with Len. Yeah, same here. Like you said, if you need a guard, sure, um, but yeah, there's a, a lot going on. All right, so good questions. Man, a lot going on. Um, think you're lo- get get uh, get on your lineups, figure out what you need, um, check out who you're playing, figure out what their strengths are. Obviously, go um, look who, look at their last like few weeks on how they've been doing in certain categories, figure out where you can crush them, where they're going to crush you, and go from there. Uh, any other parting words for folks in their lineups this week? Uh, nope. I guess if you have any other questions, you can always try to find us on Twitter. That sounds good. So you guys have a great week. Best of luck, and thanks for coming on, Ryan. You got it, Mike. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.